everybody. Welcome to Sing Cubby Blues. I'm David Westergreen. My other host is David Bloomberg. Hi, guys. Yes. Um, the Cubs have been playing some good baseball lately, and I'm excited about it. Except for yesterday. We don't want to, talk, we don't want to worry about yesterday. They won six games to start the, the second half. Yeah, we were kind of expecting that to come at some point, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this is a more talented team than the level at which they've been playing. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like we've said that before. Yeah, no, I don't think we ever just, have. No, uh, yeah, no, man. <laughs> something about something about they're gonna turn it on at some point. We'll see. You know, it, yesterday was bad, but they played well for the rest of the game. They had a bad inning. Bad innings happen. I don't. If if they have ten more bad innings in the next two weeks, we'll have to we'll have to say okay, maybe this is a problem, but. Cardinals uh, are an annoying, annoyingly good team. Uh, it was just it. It happens. So I'd rather talk about the other games because Wilson Contreras is on fire. He's like six home runs in fourteen games or something. Well, he just he has to try and match his uh, offensive performance from last season, and he's working at it. So he's getting back there. I I look up the uh, the, the best catchers in baseball currently. Uh, based on you know wins above replacement, even there's this other stuff that we could judge it on. Wilson seems to be sitting at number two right now on every level, behind Buster Posey. That's a pretty good level to be on. Yeah. You know he's 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 right around second in WRC plus. He's his OBP is like third. Uh, slugging is right up there with Posey and Yasmani Grandal. Um, his defense is up there with Grandal's. He's he's just he's performing at a high high level right now, and that's kind of what we expected from Wilson Contreras last year. I want to say last year we said, or at least I said, that he could be a top five MLB catcher the minute he arrived at the big leagues, and it, it's taken him a year and he's there. That's incredible. Yeah, man. He's he's really something, and uh, it's pretty great to see how he's come along. You know, yeah, for sure, I... man. I mean, we talk about this all the time, the young talent the Cubs have, and he, I mean, he's behind Bryant and Rizzo. He and, you know, there's that group, and Contreras is right there as maybe the third or fourth most important guy a long-term catcher who is young, athletic, uh, average or better defensively, phenomenal at the plate. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just such a dearth of young catching talent in Major League Baseball right now in general that, uh, I mean, it's basically Wilson Contreras and Gary Sanchez. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's it. it. That's you look it. At, you look yeah. across the league, and no, there aren't any. There's been so many catchers who have like busted. They haven't been the same, or they move positions. Like I think like Austin Hedges and Swihart, and um, who's the other guy Boston has that just hasn't been good. Uh, Christian Vasquez, maybe. Vasquez, yeah. Huh? There's yeah, there's but... more there's more of them like that though. There's more catchers that are, were top prospects that just. Oh, uh, the guy for Philadelphia. Um, um yeah, uh, Alfaro, Alfaro. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, and the funny thing is too, like, 
what we've seen is the that Sanchez and Contreras both had questions about their receiving. But the thing was, neither of them on their way to the majors had questions really about whether or not they could hit. And the good news is that those guys can hit, and that, I mean, they've developed catchers' skills. Yep. You can develop catchers, but the the bat has to be there. You know, I, d- I think if you are only going to OPS 550 or 600 at the major league level, you're going to have a hard time sticking around. Unless you are a spectacular defensive catcher. Yeah, you have to be like AJ, or, or your team loves you, like an AJ Ellis type, yep. who uh, I don't know if he's a good, but I wouldn't know, don't know if I would say he was spectacular with the Dodgers, but, but you know, if Clayton Kershaw loves you, then... If Clayton Kershaw it, falls in love with you, you're gonna stick around, yeah. That's some that's some kind of um that's some kind of reputation. Yeah, exactly. So I mean I, I, I think of a guy like David Ross, although Ross was a little bit better offensively yeah. over his career, but especially his last year. I mean but so moving then from Wilson to some of these other young guys that are finally playing really well, like your boy Javi. Yeah who is on <laughs> fire. Yeah. Oh, that OPS is trending up. It, oh God, man! If Javi could learn to walk, there there were two it times at the have, game I was at. It's it's. Uh, I'm I'm not sure I'm ever gonna. I'm I'm giving up on that dream. It. There were two times at the game I was at. Javi got to the three ball count, and I said to my dad, "He's not walking. He's gonna swing." One time he hits a hit, gets a hit. One time he flies out, and I was just like. Look, you take the good with the bad. <laughs> I mean, he is such a fun player. But, God, if he could just learn to take a couple of pitches. <laughs> he, still, he, still, he still wants to chase that high fastball. He loves that. Well, it worked out, it worked out for thing. him. He hit a 97-mile-an-hour fastball seven rows up into center field seats and, uh, on thir- this week against the Braves. Yeah, no, it works out for him sometimes. Um, He's extraordinarily <laughs> talented, so we're lucky yeah, like, to have, we're we're lucky to have him. And Addison Russell won us the series with the Braves. He did a really good job. Hit what a game-winning homer after we blew an eight-zero lead in the first game back. Then he hit another homer the next day. So he he started to look better. He's had a couple of four-hit games. It's just important for all these young guys who are not performing well to get back to it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, him and then uh, Schwarber, who it looks like his like he had a couple of singles, he's hit a couple of doubles, he's walked a bunch, he's looked just like normal Kyle Schwarber to me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I I don't know how much else I can say about that. Like he just looks better, and I'm not surprised. I'm not yeah. me- I'm not shocked. I I don't know, man. It's 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 one of those things where. There's not much to say because it's something that we've known is going to happen. We've been saying it. He's not bad. He is in a slump, and he's coming back, and he'll be back, and he's back. And, and the team is back, and the team is 6-1 and one since the break. And I always say it, too, is that I've said this here before. Prospect development is not a straight line. For most yeah. guys, it's pretty it's pretty wobbly. You go through... 
you go through uh, peaks and valleys. And, you know, that might have been the worst valley he'll ever go through, and hey, that's fine. It happens. There was a time, too, when uh, Marcelo Zuna was a bad player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm got, not entirely convinced uh, with Ozuna's with Ozuna's recent um, recent upswing, but I mean, I, I I'll I'll buy some stock, but I wouldn't pay prospects for him right now. But he's just he's just he's he's valuable now, and the the fact mm-hmm. is there are guys who you know Javier Baez used to strike out 40 percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Chris Bryant used to strike out 30 plus percent of the time. Yeah, but he was still <laughs> he was still really good. Yeah, Chris but... Bryant, Chris Bryant is really really good, <laughs> and so comparing these guys to Chris Bryant isn't really fair to them because Chris Bryant has come up and just exceeded every expectation in every single way, and, and he's uh... got, and it's just unbelievable. Um, but one one thing that I think may have catalyzed this little upswing for everybody is the trading for Jose Quintana. <laughs> Which we have not been able to talk about yet on here, and that was really surprising. I, I think it was surprising in the sense that we all really wanted him and we had talked about it, but I think the thought was we're not going to be able to do that without giving up a major league roster guy. Hmm. I mean, we or at least we thought so. We thought that was a, a possibility. And... Uh, we we should have known better, I guess. But and I think there was some thought that there was the crosstown tax too. And you know what, Rickon came out and said it like, no, that's dumb. <laughs> He's like, if you're not making trades just because the team's in the same city as you, that's dumb. <laughs> it's one of those. I felt. I think we talked about it on the Bijan Rademacher episode, um, where. I, I had because we had a couple of times where we were talking about who we wanted the Cubs to trade for, and I that was about the time where I was thinking Jose Quintana is the perfect guy. He he doesn't give up hard contact. He's really consistent. He's cost controlled. This is the kind of guy I want. And he'll, he'll work deep into games. He's got he finally can get some run support on a competitive team. It's just amazing and, that it's just amazing that we did it and we still have Ian Happ. We still have Kyle Schwarber. We yep. still have Addison Russell and Javier Baez. We didn't have to give anybody up. I mean, we're going to miss Eloy, and Cease yep. might turn out to be great. He might not. Yeah. Pitching is really difficult to to, to predict. But uh, he's the kind of pitcher who's worth it. You're yeah. going to have him for three seasons after this. The Cubs roster, they're like 26 years old collectively. <laughs> I said, you know, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, one. it, it was, was your Twitter. That was your Twitter thing. That was right? my, yeah, my tweet. Yeah. I said, I was, I was worried because initially my initial reaction to it, my, my first immediate reaction was no, we can't trade Eloy because I had Eloy was Eloy is a really good pro. I think Eloy is going to be a core member of the White Sox, you know, world series team down the road. They're 2016 Cubs. Eloy is a member of that team for sure. Yeah, that, that's that's no, there's no question about. Evil is a future major league player. He's, he's the guy we I had to bite the bullet on. Yeah. I wouldn't have given him up for anything less than Quintana. Yeah, me right? too. Like Quintana's he was, the top. He, he was like he was the guy who it was like if we're gonna trade him for somebody, let it be this guy. 
there were there was a small list of pitchers that were that were even going to be remotely available that I would have traded Eloy for. It would have been Quintana, Marcus Stroman, Michael Fulmer, and the, like, even though then like and Chris Archer and like the, Archer's not going to be available and Stroman's they're pro- they're going to rebuild around Stroman and as Fulmer. They, as they probably the should to trade Fulmer. I mean, so no, because how often do those young pitchers who you can control come along? That's who you build your team around. I, I don't think that, you know, the Tigers and Blue Jays are probably not in a phase of being in long-term rebuilds right now. The White Sox, the White Sox clearly are. And the next competitive team probably isn't going to have a Jose Quintana on it. And so they needed to trade him for as much as they could. And this is a good deal for that. Like, this is a deal that works out well for both sides. Yep. They got They got four prospects, two of whom are real high leverage guys, one who in Eloy who's one of the top five prospects in baseball, and Cease who also, if he makes it to the majors, probably is no less than a than an elite back-end reliever. Yep. And uh, when you're the White Sox and you've got a glut of pitching prospects right now, you can, you can afford to convert a Dylan Cease or a Michael Kopech or a Lucas Giolito into a closer – and all of a sudden have two really good starters and a really good relief pitcher. I mean, that's that's where you get that. I they're in a good spot. I you know they just traded a bunch of more players for uh, Blake Rutherford. Just went and picked up another outfielder. Hey, why not? Uh, that's a team that's they're not going to be good for a few years, but a few years down the road, they're going to be a good team. Yeah, because they can put Moncada on the field. Jimenez, Rutherford, they'll be able to choose from about seven or eight elite pitching prospects for a starting rotation, plus Carlos Rodin. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Uh, and then, you know, the ones that fail, yeah. I already look at Lucas Giolito, who hasn't been good this year again, and I'm like, move him to the bullpen. He'll 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 improve. I mean, that's that's been shown yeah, but time like and it. time again. Velocity ticks up, and they, they, but they le- work you, on their command. You know that at least two or three of these guys are going to probably be able to fit into their rotation. And if they get yep. that, they're going to be thrilled, and you'll be able to fill out the rest of the rotation in other ways, which is how you build a good team. And mm-hmm. Yeah. I look at Michael Kopech. He's... He's like they're they're comparing him to Syndergaard, and he's the kind of guy who I thought of Cease last year, where he's he just throws hard. He's just going to be a back end reliever. Well, now he's starting pretty well too. So, you know, it's he these guys they have a good they're good they're set up. But I'm not worried about that because the Cubs window is the next three years, and I don't think the White Sox are going to infringe on that window at all. But we'll see. Yeah, I like it. So, where are the Cubs prospects? Uh, Who's left? Well, well, a lot of it's on the pitching side, honestly, which is not something we've seen in a long time. But a lot of those guys from the lower levels have started to matriculate, and suddenly it's very, very heavily weighted towards pitching end. So uh, you've got uh, Alec Mills is hurt right now. He's a triple-A. you got Trevor Clifton at double-A. You've got um, Al- Adbert Alzale at high. Gotta love Alzale. Yep. Tom Hatch, who's been yep. awesome. He's looked good. He's been real good. Um, I think of some guys like uh, Dylan Maples. 
yeah, AAA. Yeah, he hasn't really been a prospect. And right now he's throwing like a high-end reliever. That's well, the he, kind of guy who helps. Well, he was he was a top-flight prospect like four years ago. And he was one of those guys who the scouting report was always, if can stay healthy, he can be a front-of-rotation starter. Well, that's not going to happen anymore, but it's pretty cool to see what he's doing. I mean, I just... Guys like that so often, they just wash out because they can't stay healthy, and it's it's just... It's so cool to see him reinventing himself as a truly elite reliever, and he's going to be in Chicago at some point by the end of the season, and... He At might, least in September. And I'd like to see it, and I think he might dominate. <coughs> like, those those skills look like they can translate at the major league level. Those are not minor league pitchers' skills. Those are he's made real adjustments. He's made nice. real honest to god adjustments that are going to play up. You add that. I wanted, to, Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have a. He has a 101 mile an hour fastball. Is what I've heard. 99 to 101. Yeah, that's that plays. That plays no matter what team you're on. Base, that's gonna play. I, yeah, I wanted he, to hit on him. He's because he's just he's not maybe not like a top prospect, but he's the kind of minor leaguer that the Cubs are currently stashing, like the kind of guy who can come up and help. And this is a bullpen guy where, if we don't manage to get a player on the trade deadline this year. Dylan Maples is the kind of guy who can come in in September and play the back end role and. Uh, eat some innings, and that's that's the guy you want to be in your in your Triple A team. But I think that they will. You know, I think I think the two things the Cubs are probably targeting still before this trade deadline. They're probably we probably want a backup catcher. I think Caratini could do it, but the yeah. Cubs the Cubs clearly don't seem to think he's ready at this point. It's not really my opinion that matters, and. If they thought he could do it at this point, they'd probably be starting him more often already. So if they're not going to, then they do need to pick somebody up. But I'm more leaning towards the route of not giving up too much for a guy like that. If Avila comes at the right cost, that's fine. But otherwise, look to that second or third tier. I mean, the Mets are gonna the Mets would probably be willing to sell a guy like Rene Rivera. You just then go after those veteran backups who are more defense-oriented. The Marlins could be willing to sell A.J. Ellis, too. That's another one. If we're really looking at that defensive backup who pitchers love, I just think, guy. But I just think that Rivera can probably hold his own better with the bat, just in terms of being about like 8 or 9 or 10% below league average on the whole. And that's... That's but, good for uh, a backup catcher. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's 100% fine, and he's been valuable. He's a valuable guy, uh, and he's a good. He's real good defensively, but um, I mean the price on Avila might not be too high. I mean, there's really a chance that that might he might not come at really high cost. He's kind of the ideal complement to Contreras in the sense that he's a left-handed hitter, so he could you know he can hit from the opposite side, and that allows us to use him against righties, which means that uh, we get more flexibility in the days off we can give Wilson. Because Wilson can hit both righties and lefties, but he's a catcher. He's going to need days off. 
he should really only be playing like two-thirds of the time if we want to keep him fresh for the playoffs. And we need a guy who can take that other one-third of the starts and feel okay about it. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. But Here's my issue with Alex Alvila playing Deadpool's Advocate. He's not a good defensive catcher. No, no, he's he, not. And he's not a good framer. No. It worries me. And if we're just talking about defensive catchers, I know of a really good defensive catcher playing in Baltimore right now. Uh, you may have heard of him. <laughs> well, like Castillo is a really good defensive catcher. However, yeah. well, we've he's been not really, a good framer. But we have been, he's another guy we've been linked to. We've been linked to him, Luke, Jonathan Lucroy. We've been linked to, which Lucroy is weird. Lucro is weird because his framing has regressed. His defense and, has regressed. It's really strange. And if I'm betting on somebody from this group of, like, available catchers, which it's not a good group, if I'm betting on anybody to help the team, I'm betting on Jonathan Lucroy because obviously he feels like he made a mistake because, he remember, he vetoed that trade to Cleveland. But, you know, I... And now he's got pressure on him to make it succeed in Texas. It's not working. And he's just faltering. He needs something new and I to get going again. He'd be and a he's good a good player. To, he'd, he'd be interesting to pick up. My I issue is that he's probably the most expensive of all these guys. Yeah. It's the biggest but I, issue. But I want somebody because the catching depth right now is such that I could see the team rolling with Caratini as a backup, but if... Contreras were to, God forbid, get hurt, then Caratini would have to be the starting catcher, and he's not ready for that. And who's so, the backup catcher? I guess Carlos Corporan? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'd rather let's say you traded for Lucroy or Avila, even Avila, or yeah. uh, even Avila could do this, or uh, Rene Rivera, or any of the other potentially available catchers, then... Suddenly, Caratini could slot in as the backup if Contreras got hurt, and you'd be okay with that. We would live with that, but yeah. I think that's another big reason for it. And the other thing they're probably looking for is probably another lefty reliever, because yep. Brian Dunson can't pitch five days a week. No, and yeah. Mike Montgomery might be back to the back to the bullpen, which that might solve itself. But I definitely understand where they're coming from when they need a lefty reliever. Well, I think the you know, it's I, tough because I think the Monty probably yeah. The concern with Montgomery is that he's the swingman, he's the long reliever, he's the number six starter. If anybody in the starting rotation gets hurt, he has to be he has to step into the rotation. He has to go back into the rotation. So he's not really, he's technically going back to the bullpen, but he's not hypothetically free to be used in the way that you use a typical left-handed reliever. And like I said, Dunsing's been good. That has been a good signing. That has actually worked out. But he also can't. I was wrong. He also can't pitch in every game. Right. And like we've seen like yesterday against the Cardinals, you know, in those later innings, we probably needed a left-handed relief. We probably needed left-handed relievers because they don't hit lefties well, and that was probably what we needed at the end there, and we didn't have as much of it. And just there's some guys who are avail- who are going to be available, your Mike Miners of the world, who have been rehabilitated as left-handed relievers, who probably won't cost too much and would be excellent additions, 
and then guys who might cost a lot, like say Justin Wilson, who Zach would Britton. probably. I mean, if we can get Zach Britton, I'm into it. I'm I'm here I'm here for Zach Britton and the the Zach Britton Wellington Castillo uh, dual deal. It's my favorite one. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's always no, coming. But... It's always coming prefaced with uh, that uh, we want it to be for the right price. Right. You know, if I'm the if I'm the Orioles and the Cubs come to me with you know let's talk about Zach Britton. I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty good deal. No matter what they get, that's a pretty good deal. But I can go talk to the Dodgers and get twice as much. No matter what the Cubs give. I can go. They can go to the Dodgers and be like, "Hey, you want to give us one of your elite starting pitcher prospects for Zach Britton, and then maybe like one of your I just pretty know. good outfield prospects." I, I, I just the Dodgers I, will have to be like, "Yes." I just don't know that the Dodgers will. But we, you know, there's don't need him. There, there's going to be a lot that's going to play out in the next uh, next ten days. Well, next nine days or so. Shoo! Then, it's almost here. It's almost here. Yeah. Whew. Pre, the pre-trade deadline episode of Sing Cubby Blues. And Quintana's been traded, but Sonny Gray That's... has not been traded. Zach Britton has not been traded. You Darvish has not been traded. Alex Avila I... has not been traded. <laughs> and a lot of that may happen in the next few days, but a lot of the guys who could be interesting at the trade deadline still have not happened. So yep. it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I look at the Cubs and I'm like, well, they don't have much, but we, we they do have some interesting guys like uh, Isaac Paredes. Um, they uh, also have uh, Aramis Adaman. Aramis Adaman, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Mark Zagun. We still have Zagunas. We still have Caratini. Still have Candelario. Still have yep. Clifton. And I think of uh, Jose Albertos. Yeah. Really Albertos. far away, but. He got from Mexico, and it seems like these guys from Mexico are pretty solid. You know, Parade, or, uh, well, the Paredes, Adaman. Well, the Cubs have invested yeah. more money than any other team in Major League Baseball in Mexican scouting. Yeah. So they're, you're starting to see the fruits of that labor be born now with guys like Paredes and Albertos. Um, and, yeah, there's no reason not to. It's a, it's a country that is into baseball and is relatively untapped for its baseball talent uh, in comparison to a place like uh, Venezuela or the Dominican Republic. Right. You know, we've seen guys come through, your Giovanni Gallardos, Julio Arias, but it's every once in a while. But there's a lot of baseball talent there. Mm. I'm interested... Um, in in those guys, and I think I think, but what I think is most important is that these other teams have scouts and they know what they're looking for. So let's say a team like the Orioles knows they want a starting pitcher, and Adbert Alzale is the kind of guy who he's throwing 95 from the starting role right now. He's kind of he's he's young, but he's also improving at a rapid pace. Where we're going to see guys like Alzale, Paredes. These guys are growing at a huge at a rapid pace to where these guys these teams are scouting out and then they're projecting and they're saying these guys have upside. These are the kind of guys we want to target in a trade if we're trading with the Cubs, even though these guys aren't like lauded prospects, top one hundred lists. Well, because the teams all have their own ways of evaluating. 
Every time someone's confused about the return in a trade, the answer is pretty much the same. These teams have their own ways of evaluating the players. They're not sitting looking at Baseball America's top 100 list. That is for the fans. That is for the in crowd. That is not for the organizations. The organizations have their own methods. And they have their own boards. And you have no idea what they want or what, how they're valuing players until you see it. There are some things that are pretty unanimous, like the fact that Eloy Jimenez was considered an elite prospect. But that's at the very high end of these things. And beyond the high end, you start to get into where there's this big range of prospects where teams view them differently. Some team, and even the higher end guys, some teams are higher on them than others. Some teams are lower on them than others. And that's how that works. I mean, we saw just today, we saw that rumor that the Twins were going to include Nick Birdie in that deal for Jamie Garcia. I mean, even though Birdie has had to get Tommy John, he's still a high end pitching prospect that's it's interesting that they would even include him for garcia potentially i can see why the as long as i can see why the braves would turn that down though is because if the twins are trying to unload birdie there's probably something that they're not they're not a fan of then the braves are like well we can get better for garcia he's one of the best rentals on the market I, Garcia was one of the guys I was. If the, you know the Darvish rumors come up, I'm like, "Come should be in on Jose Jaime Garcia. He's not going to cost as much as Darvish." The thing is, the thing is, the rental market has maybe been, he is. The rental market's been sort of underwhelming thus far. Yep. You know, like the returns for JD Martinez and Todd Frazier, probably not as much as you would have expected. And Todd Frazier's not a, not a, like he was packaged together with Canley and Robertson. And I'm pretty sure uh, Canley was the biggest name in that group uh, that got traded. Like I don't, I think that Frazier was kind of an unload for the White Sox so they could bring up Marcotta. No, I, I mean, but like for the value that was traded, were... for the value that was traded in that trade, I mean, Rutherford's a good prospect to get back. And I don't fault their outfield. So. Like I don't fault the White Sox for doing that deal, but certainly it's a lot lighter than we've seen in previous years with rental players. Even the modest rental players like the Frasers of the world, we've seen much bigger deals in recent years, and this seems to suggest that the market has trended more towards the guys with uh, multiple years of value, and so that's interesting. I mean, st- I still think the Rangers would get a lot for someone like you, Darvish, but it's a question of how much. That allows, that allows the Cubs to enter the rental market role, the rental market without top-end top prospects, prospects to give. Even though, even though like we just like said, said, some of these guys, these guys would be top-end top prospects, prospects future, future, and they, 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 they have patient numbers, numbers, numbers and trends, like, like greatest, greatest, greatest and currently better, better at eight ball, eight ball than Gloria Sports was at the same, at the same age. So, so, you know, they, you know these, these guys have guys good trends to look forward, forward to. Whereas, whereas you know, you given know, a guy, a guy like, like Birdie, Birdie, who's he's been in the minor leagues a while, he's earned his name before, and now Tommy John, he's not performing as well. He's still a good name, you know his name, but... 
how much, how do, much we, do, we, do we know, know about, about that guy versus, versus some of these guys, guys, guys that haven't been in the bigs for very long. Very long. But boy, are they boy, are they good. good. You know, I just, I just... If the Cubs, the Cubs can get Cubs back can get into back the rental market, market, they pick trends downward. And I like, I like the rental market trending downward. I think that's a good, that's a good thing for Major League Baseball. Is the, the guys who are being traded for a lot for sale, Jose Quintana and uh, Adam Eaton, and you know, guys with three, four, five years of, of contract. Yeah. And yeah. not half a year like Earl Shaps. Yeah. No. And uh, we're seeing it. We're seeing it, and the Cubs are just – there's so many names we've been connected to and so little way to know which guys we're actually pursuing. I think Gray we're not super in on. We're just trying to mess things up for the Brewers. I think the Cubs were perfectly happy with going to the A's and saying, hey, what do you want for Sonny Gray? Because there's no, there's no reason for them to not be involved in that, but – that, that we never heard a Jose Quintana rumor or connection before the teams broke the trade. That says a lot. And every name I've heard so far, the Cubs are interested, the Cubs this, that, the other. We never heard that about Quintana, ever. Yeah. That is telling that no trades have happened for the Cubs on any names that we have been connected to. But the one guy that we were not connected to at all, trade. Yeah, no, I think... I think they keep things relatively under wraps. And, and so if they release something, you're right. And if, if they release something, then they want other teams to know about it and us to know about it. I think the, I don't know that any, that means anything. I think the players who we're more in on are the guys you haven't heard about or the guys whom reporters have reported that it's more like a weak connection. Like the reason I know that we're really checking in on Darvish is because they're not saying – they're having specific discussions or anything. Right. It's just like the Cubs checked in on Darvish, which, yes, obviously. <laughs> yes, like every every team with a five with a five hundred or better record called the Rangers yeah. and said, "What do you want for you, Darvish?" Everyone called the Rangers <laughs> and said, "Hey, is you Darvish going to be traded?" Like, that's yep. not. I mean, not yeah, as a reporter, you have to report it. Like, you have to, but it's it's not it's not Compensate. extraordinary news. If the Angels announced they were selling tomorrow, they there were reporters talking about who called for Mike Trout. And it would be like, everybody called for Mike Trout. What are you talking about? And then Theo trades for Cole Calhoun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Uh, but, uh, you know. No, it's... Ah, geez. Um, there's so much going on. Yeah, we we our our tape got deleted for the draft. We could at least mention that. I feel like the draft was went really well for us. Yeah, uh, Brendan Little just got assigned. He did. He just got assigned to Eugene, uh, and he's the kind of he throws ninety seven from left side, has a hammer curve that was described as the best curveball in the draft. That guy seems like a guy who can in you can put this guy in as pencil him in as a top ten Cubs prospect very near future well baseball america came out with their top 10 list for the cubs organization recently and uh like post quintana trade and they had both uh lang and little on there there you go yeah 
I think both of them are, are both of them are very very good pro- players. Lange played on the World College World Series team, the LSU, and yeah. LSU, and I think they're giving him a year of rest, which is probably a good idea. He pitched a lot of innings. Yeah, so I'm I'm good with that. But he pitched a lot of effective innings because he had a bad what sophomore year. Yeah, his freshman year was really good, and then he had a bad last year, and this year he's really really good, good. really good again. Yeah, and it I'm good with that. I think that this this is a guy I heard people talk about before. I want the Cubs to draft Alec Lange. The guy I wanted was Brent Rooker. He went to the Twins, uh, like five picks after. So no big deal. I like Uh, I like Lang. I like I, I like. I was one of those – after I read up on Brendan Little, that's such a Cubs player, man. He comes came from nowhere, like used to be at UNC and then left because he wanted to get drafted earlier. And hey, I, works for that's me. That's the kind of guy I like. I, 97 from the left side, that's not going to – unless he gets hurt or something, that's the kind of pitching prospect that rises up real quick and people say, oh, this guy's pretty good. I like that. Uh, the sleepers from the draft, they picked in the fourth round and got a player from Auburn that was Auburn's ace last year, and he had Tommy John this year, and that's why he slipped. I can't yeah. remember what this Keegan Thompson, maybe? Riley yeah. Thompson? It's really good. Thompson from Oregon. He's good. And he's the kind of guy who who was underrated because of an injury. And how many times have you seen somebody, oh, he was injured, so his stock dropped, and then he ended up being good. He's the kind of guy who will be good. And then my other sleeper pick was uh, the the outfielder from Memphis, Chris Carrier. Uh, that's the guy. He hit twenty something home runs this year, but he was his draft. He he was never noticed by anybody because he got hurt in a really weird way, and like almost died, and had to take a they had to take a rib out of them and stuff. It was a it's a very strange thing. I'd suggest you read up on it. Uh, if you haven't, but Chris Carrier from Memphis, he's 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 one he that is, I, yeah. I liked his profile. Yeah, Carrier, power cool. outfielder, power outfielder, played his best baseball as a senior. Which if if they're doing that, they're getting better. So I don't know. Those are my those were my uh, sleeper picks and whatnot from the from our draft episode that never got aired. Beyond that, I mean. I'm happy. I'm I'm good. I'm I'm excited about the trade deadline, and I'm sure we'll be back to analyze another trade. I mean, we both we both love the Quintana trade for both sides. I mean, if oh, I'm a yeah, White man. Sox fan, if I'm a White Sox fan, I'm thrilled that they got a guy of Eli Jimenez's caliber for Quintana. And everyone will be listening to this in a few days, but uh, you know, pretty soon we're gonna watch him pitch again. Oh, I can't wait. I, oh, he, yeah. he was lights out. Okay, we didn't even talk about his first start. 12 strikeouts. Woo! 12 strikeouts, no walks. Oh, it was great because all those people who were whining about he wasn't an ace immediately shut up. It's like now he'll he'll have normal games where he, he'll walk a few people, and it's fine. But him coming out and just dominating, that was so nice. Just to – oh, everybody shut up. Oh, so good. I am excited, and I know that the um, the Cardinals don't hit well against lefties, so be ready yeah. for another good Q start. I'm excited. I think that's about it. Are you? Yeah. We good? Yeah, I think we're good. Man, I'm there, – there I am. Yep, I think I'm ready to sit back and watch some Cubs baseball soon. Yep. 
For sure. And we should come back and do this again right right around the trade deadline. Yeah, well, I think we'll have a post-trade deadline episode up, hopefully, oh, so yeah. that we can analyze some 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 of these trades and yeah, and, for sure. uh, and you know probably across Major League Baseball we'll we'll catch a few and there'll be something interesting happening. Sonny Gray will go somewhere and uh, yeah, I'm I'm good with it. So we'll see you guys in about two weeks. Yeah, That's how long it is, and then from there we'll go. So thanks for listening. Woo. Yes, thank you, thank you for listening this far, and um, we'll see you next time. All right. See you. Bye. All right. See you.